For every one pound you invest in mental health in the workplace, <clears throat> you know, you see a five pound thirty um, return investment. Welcome to Tech Talks, the podcast brought to you by Nash Squared and hosted by myself, David Savage, that's been bringing you the latest thinking from technology leaders for over eight years. What do I look at? record Yeah, because you're saying that you look like a priest. Yeah. That would be a great way to start. I was like, yeah. Anyway. Hello, everyone. We're joined by Kish. He doesn't look like a priest, but I can see why someone might say that to him today. Reverend. It's just a high quality shirt. The, uh, the, rev- the Reverend. The Reverend. Our in house. Kokar. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. How are you? Very well, very well. It's been a while. Been are you auditioning to be an evangelist? No, not a technology evangelist. There's only space for one of those. You mate. got you got the garb. <laughs> <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. But you know, can't uh yeah, can't can't match you, can I, mate? <laughs> well, I have just got back from evangelizing in in uh in Paris with the Women in Technology Conference, which was Ooh. um I guess it you know, honestly a lot of fun, but really impactful at the same time a mm. couple, couple of things i thought i'd just quickly mention because i've i've put a blog on the website for people to read with some key takeaways um and, and i thought I'd, I'd get your live reaction to a couple of these uh Akish, two of them well, anyway we need to stop talking about mentors women need money so basically the idea that um you know stop telling women that they need to be better role models and let's actually focus on the system uh, or fixing the system, which continues to perpetuate the problem, that basically we just need to give them money. Mm. No fluff. No fluff. Know. No hitting. fluff, yeah. Hit, hit, um, my, hit my bank account, not my ego. Yeah. 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 And another one that was put to allies mm. was that women are over-mentored but under-sponsored. Mm. I'd so agree basically, with that. Yeah, allies, you know, it's we can do better help. mm um, you know, by by actually less platitudes, I suppose, and more action. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I think that's a great shout, and and I think it's more. It's it, 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 you know, we've, I mean, even internally, right? Like in our business, we've got um, employee resource groups. We've got yeah you know, things around kind of our women in our business and how we're mm-hmm. uh, retaining, promoting developing but then you know i'd love for a, for a, a sort of you know new opportunity and that sort of stuff come up and and get actually you know a, a female in the business was being championed you know which i think i i, I personally don't think i think we're quite good at you know in terms of our leadership and women but i do get it in organizations where it'd be lovely if we you know if they said well rather than Use a generic name, Dave. Uh, you know, rather than Dave. It's a very generic <laughs> yeah, name, <Dave>. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but ra- <laughs> ra- rather than Dave, you know, let's let's get you know her doing it, right? You know, someone that identifies as a woman and that sort of thing. I think. Well, it's like recent. Recently, I, I had the opportunity to speak at another conference, and I was like, well, rather than me, actually, Lily in our business, mm. Lily Hake, is a far better person because not only is she really, really, really on the money on, on what they wanted the, the talk to be about, but she's part of the community. Absolutely. And also, you know, someone who, especially when they, you know, talk about women and in leadership or, you know, kind of women in, in business, there's no point, you know, men kind of talking about it. We don't understand it. Right. So mm. it's, you want to hear it from the people that it actually generally 
will affect with and and people that are actually in it. So men need to be part of the conversation, but 100%. they need to be listening. They need to take a back seat, which obviously you know the stereotypical macho men, alpha male type of things like oh no, you know can't be in the back seat. But men need to take a back seat and let. I don't want this to be about driving, but let women take the the lead and and steer it. You know. Um, well, yeah, and support. Um, yeah. Terrible analogies to one side. There's yeah. a good blog on the site. Go have a look at it. Um, it was a fantastic conference. Women in Tech now is now 200,000 members across six continents. So they really are leading um, the conversation. So kudos to Ayumi, the CEO and founder, uh, and everyone else who was there. Absolutely fantastic. Go have a look. And we'll put the link in the show notes. Today's show, though, is all about mental health. We're going to be talking to Jawad Batty. He's the founder of Spark. It's a slightly longer interview than normal, so just the one interview. But, Akisha, I did throw a stat at you prior to mm. recording. that This this comes up in, in research that um, Jawad uh, mentions in the interview. For every £1 invested in mental health, an organisation gets a £5.30 return on investment where it comes to productivity. Now, in the age of hybrid working and productivity and whatever else, that is a massively significant number and shows just how much actually looking after your staff matters. Mm. That's huge, isn't it? That's 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 four hundred percent, right? That's five hundred percent. Five hundred percent. Five hundred thirty percent. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge. When you talk about return on investments, I mean, there ain't no stock, shares, unicorn sort of you know funds giving you that. Um, or giving any business that. Mm. And I think, <clears throat> I mean, obviously we're having this conversation, right, during, you know, mental health awareness sort of month and, and, and you know, all the sort of events and, and things in order to get some traction and, and sort of attention to this subject. Um, when I think about it, I'd, I'd probably say, I, I'd, you know, you'd have to agree with it because I think with organisations when they are actively sort of promoting actively uh you know kind of building things or or having platforms and and you know resources available um for those that may be struggling with sort of mental health or have sort of you know um issues or or, or sort of you know sort of um things that maybe do get in the way they will see much more investment and i think something something which you can't really measure as well or you can't really put a 530 percent return on is the the gratitude and and the commitment that these employees can also give yeah you know and i mean they'll probably get reflected in i don't know turnover labor turnovers and you know retention rates and these sorts of things but you know just having some conversations internally with people that i know that you know they're so grateful to have these resources and and, and efforts um you know put into place and yeah like, I agree with it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And look, Jawad goes on to mention that it's more than just, you know, washing your hands of this, of, you know, an organization utilizing a tool or a platform, signposting, but then not following up, not looking at the return in investments. So some really interesting ideas in this one. And, and as you mm. say, you know, it's a pertinent time of year to be talking about mental health challenges and issues. And, mm. um, it's good to be able to bring this to you today. Mm. Um, Akish, I will let you go back to being uh, not evangelical, but no. um, certainly very ethereal. Yeah, I think you can deliver the sermon for Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Enjoy that. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll hand over to Jawad.
So today I'm talking to Jawad. Um, Jawad, thanks for taking some time. Uh, you're a native of Blackburn. Uh, you've held numerous different roles in technology over the last 20 years, and it's a delight to have you on the show. How are you? I'm, I'm really good, David. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I've been born and bred. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got uh, just over 20 years. I'm a bit of a dinosaur, but over 20 years of um, experience working in technology and more specifically um, in data. I really hope that, that 20 years doesn't make, <laughs> make you a dinosaur because <laughs> I'm not far off that now myself <laughs> thinking about things. Um, look, it, it's great to have you on the show, as I said. And uh, as you said there, you've had, you've had a number of roles in tech and data. Primarily today, we've got you on to talk about um, Spark and to talk about mental health and, and a journey that you've been on as a consequence I don't want to say triggered necessarily. <laughs> Maybe it has the wrong connotations when you're talking about mental health, but yeah. as, as a consequence of the pandemic. So should we start with a bit of background and, and, and kind of put some context around this and just talk a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I you know, started off, uh, well, firstly, my, uh, my mother, um, she's a trained teacher. So she was actually um, born in then India, became Pakistan, um, so she was fluent in English, she was a, an English teacher over in Pakistan. Um, she sort of emigrated across um, to the UK, um, transitioned really well, she, you know, she was quite lucky um, and fortunate she was educated, so immediately she was almost sort of fast-tracked into um, becoming a teacher over here as well, um, and, you know, academic um, background she instilled that uh, within uh, us my, me and my siblings and obviously um, I then had to pursue an academic um, route which I guess culminated in a master's in, in computing um, so that was kind of my um, educational background which um, really complemented my um, enthusiasm and uh, passion uh, with anything to do with tech so uh, whether it was kind of gaming or programming um, so if you you definitely don't look old enough but um, if you're old enough to remember uh, Amstrad and Amstrad Action the magazine um, you know just to get it periodically and um, do some coding so mm. I always loved um, you know programming technology and and building things from 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 nothing essentially um, <clears throat> I then sort of um, entered the, the the sort of work arena and uh, um, you know, my first job was for a, a company called Time Computers, um, mm -hmm. quite local to, to kind of where I lived um, and, you know, started my career essentially as a uh, report writer. So using something called Crystal Reports to, um, in essence, build management information reports for the business, um, looking at a, an array of, um, you know, different things like stock management, profit, sales, etc., and um, yeah, the, you know, I really loved it and um, enjoyed it and uh, just continued from there. Um, and then <clears throat> sort of my last sort of full-time role was as a director of data and analytics, um, again, for a local-based company. I've, I somehow have managed to work majority of my sort of last 20 years uh, within sort of a half an hour commute, which is fantastic, although... Um, I did have to work for uh, six, seven months um, um, traveling to um, the sort of Trafford Center 
just opposite the Trafford Centre, um, and you know that was typically um, <laughs> what should have been about a forty-minute commute was, um, or quite often a couple of hours one way. Yeah. So um, suffice to say, I, I didn't sort of I, I couldn't hack it too long over there. <laughs> yeah, no, I I've experienced my my wife's from Salford. I've experienced Manchester traffic. Not much fun. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, it's it's probably worse in London, to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a softie, I guess. I don't know, actually, the roads in Manchester, because the, there's not as much op, op, uh, alternative transport. Yeah, yeah those roads can get pretty snarled up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, we, we touched on the fact that, obviously, um, mental health is, is what you're primarily here to talk about. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me what Spark is all about first? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of, um, you know, Spark for me... Um, and uh, yeah, I've co- I'll come on to the, the, the journey itself. But Spark is um, it's all about um, really having that that thought, that process that, you know, something isn't quite right. And, um, you know, I need to do something about it. I need to, um, you know, uh, instill something within myself and, and action something to make me feel better because, Quite simply, you know, with mental health, because it's not really tangible, um, you know, you don't, you quite often don't spot the signs of mental health. Um, you know, sadly, you know, we have to, as individuals, empower ourselves to, to do um, a bit more. Um, and it can be very difficult, um, particularly in um, areas of um, stigma, so communities of stigma, uh, male, South Asian. Um, you know, there's there's kind of um, complications when you when you talk about um, uh, mental health, you know, taboo. Um, so you know, we still need to kind of have this spark within us to to kind of instill change. Um, and because Spark is primarily aimed towards improving the the workplace, the health mm-hmm. and well-being in the workplace, rather than um, you know a generic kind of tool. Um, you know, it's also, um, you know, spark is the is the key, uh, sorry, honesty is the key to spark change. Um, so the mantra really is um, the more honest you are with yourself um, and, you know, in your working environment, um, the better the workplace can become. So spark is, in, its, in essence, it's a complementary HR platform, which aims to um, use anonymized data um, using data, um, text analytics, um, and various other um, data techniques, analytical techniques, to essentially present on a plate to the organisation that you know within our customer service team, there's a 70% um, you know rate of, of burnout um, being displayed. These are the sort of um, you know keywords that are being used. However, um, within the platform itself, the user is able to um, not only so I didn't really explain it properly, but the user is able to kind of journal how they're feeling, but they're also able to um, log things like um, habits um, that they yeah. may enjoy partaking in. And, you know, because it's all data, um, it's monitored and measured, and we can actually track what does work and what doesn't work. So essentially for the organization, we can present it back and say, um, you know, you, your center percent your customer service team are displaying signs of burnout. This is a cause. And also, this could be a potential solution. So, for example, um, 100% of them display positivity after going for a walk. 
So why not kind of introduce a, a walking Wednesday where half an hour at no cost to the employee, you say down tools and everyone just go for a, a walk, get some fresh air. Uh, depending on the weather in the north, obviously it can be quite uh, quite risky at times. But um, you know, and then it's kind of the next low hanging fruit. You know, we've we've improved improved the the, the kind of um, you know mood score, call it, and now we can tackle the next kind of low hanging fruit potentially. So that's kind of spark, sorry, um, in in a, in a nutshell. You mentioned or you brought up the notion of honesty. Is there data to suggest that people aren't being honest in the current working environment? So I've, I've kind of, you know, as part of the, the, the kind of spark journey, I've, I've been doing quite a lot of research behind the scenes. So, um, you know, by research, I mean, you know, speaking to um, existing users of um, some of the fantastic employee assistance, um, you know, programs that are, are currently um, out there. Um, and also speaking to HR professionals um, and, you know, mid, mid to senior level management um, personnel. And, you know, there's no easy way to say this, but there is um, a sense of mistrust between um, employee and call it the traditional HR systems and platforms. Um, however, to improve the workplace and instill change and transformation, um, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. And that's why at Spark, we, we 100% protect the identity of every single user. However, by being as honest as possible, the employer, um, the organization can actually um, achieve and attain some fantastic insights, which they can put into place. And it's a win-win situation for um, the organization because A, they have, um, you know, they, they have this kind of badge of honor that look, we've, we've you know, we're working to improve um, health and well-being and mental health within the workplace. Um, we've seen a, a, a tangible improvement in, in that through the um, mood scores. And then secondly, um, you know, it's as as we know, you know, mental health does affect presenteeism, absenteeism, um, which is of no fault to the end kind of user, to the employee themselves. You know, they're going through an episode which, you know, no one from the outside can actually um, feel. Um, so, you know, but by improving that situation, um, you know, by improving presenteeism, um, you should actually see a tangible improvement in productivity, for example, um, and it's Deloitte who's actually done a, a piece of research where they've said, you know, for every one pound you invest in, in mental health in the workplace, <clears throat> you know, you see a five pound 30 um, return investment, so 530% return investment, and God knows how they figure that out. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of breaking it down in a very simple way that look you improve the the health and well-being um you know in the workplace you improve the mental health of your workforce uh, you remove things like or, or you reduce things like presenteeism you know inadvertently you should see an improvement in productivity so obviously this this is born out of an experience which we've, we've alluded to what what was that and and if you don't mind me asking and you know why is it that you felt compelled to obviously leave as you said kind of a a day job and, and start this this business no i mean absolutely so you know it, it, there is a very strong link with the pandemic so um you know uh, the, when the pandemic first um sort of came about and you know obviously um you know initially there was a massive disruption uh, in terms of you know you were going into the office and that 
came to an end. Um, so you were working from home, um, you know, for, you know, unbeknown things like, you know, going to the gym, socialising, you know, you, you went to know that, you know, they would come to a sudden stop as well. And secondly, you went to know how much of a um, stress relief um, things like going to the gym, keeping fit were actually were. And I guess when all these things kind of hit, um, you know, went on a little bit of a, a self-discovery um, you know, journey and, um, you know, started to, to kind of ponder and, and think about my own mental health because, you know, at certain times I just didn't feel good um, and I couldn't really express why that was. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm quite routine based. So, you know, I would go to work and then I would go to the gym. I would have a, a coffee catch up with friends or go for a meal, go go with the family. And, you know, routine was very good for me and um, it was when that routine um, you know stopped that I realized something was wrong and um, you know in this self-discovery route I kind of realized that look I don't feel good um, do any other people out there not feel good as well so I created a small kind of Facebook group uh, currently we've got about 420 so it's got gone from zero to 420 in about a couple of years members and literally we're just talking about mental health we're just talking about you know how we're feeling and i realized you know with the speed at which that group was growing um you know there is a genuine um issue out there regarding mental health and obviously you, you we hear about it but we probably didn't hear enough about it and um you know that was one of the things that i wanted to sort of look into so then you know, we've transitioned back into the workplace, so I'm now asking colleagues, I'm asking uh, peers, I'm asking senior, you know, mid to senior level management and HR professionals, you know, what do we do about mental health in the workplace? And, you know, I, I realised that there were these fantastic, um, you know, applications already out there, which, uh, you know, Spark absolutely is not sort of competing with. Um, however, the one thing that was missing was um, insights that the organisation could use to, to kind of help improve the workplace. So again, without being kind of um, harsh or, or you, know, um, you know, rude in any sense, um, but these kind of EAPs, as they call it, were almost being used as, as, as a bit of a signposting um, service. So, um, and the organization was, was in the nicest possible way, almost washing the hands of, um, you know, like with investing in this program platform, the employees are using it, We've done our job. But then, you know, there was no feedback loop. There was nothing really coming back to the organization that, look, all these thousands of pounds that we're investing, are we seeing a return investment? I don't mean return investment necessarily in terms of profitability, which obviously uh, Deloitte have looked into. I'm talking about the return investment on that employee. So is mm. the employee actually feeling better? Are we seeing a marked improvement? Are they more kind of, um, you know, committed? Are they more motivated to, to, to kind of work for us on a daily basis? What we do know is 61% of people who leave an organisation, again, these are statistics that are probably available, leave off the back of their mental health. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being bullied at work or I'm stressed, I'm burnt out, so I'm going to leave the organisation. So that statistic really isn't diminishing. So people are still leaving en masse because of their mental health. So really these EAPs, I think, you know, for, for a certain population, definitely are working. But for the majority, I guess they aren't. And the reason, I guess, is the organisation doesn't really know, you know, what is working within these EAPs and what isn't. So what Spark aims to do, really, um, is kind of put my personal experience of mental health um, coupled with, um, you know, my kind of professional data experience, as mm -hmm. well as working in, in mid-senior management, 
and present as succinctly and easy to follow as possible to the organization to say, look, you know, this is a chart that is saying, you know, the, the gauge is saying, look, you guys need to do something about this. Why do you need to do something about this? Because, you know, if you don't, your absence um, levels are going to shoot up 50%. Um, you know, and that's going to impact, especially if you're coming up to kind of seasonal um, periods of time. And secondly, you know, what can you actually do? What are, what are soft steps that the organization can do to, to help improve um, the workplace? And if you can put these steps into place, you can actually track and benchmark and measure them so that you can actually say, look, we've initiated this. Um, so you can do your own internal sort of case study and you can say, look, we've initiated this and we've seen a marked improvement. And, you know, what are the KPIs that you should see improve? You know, you should see um, potentially an imp imp a reduction in people uh, leaving. Uh, you should see, and obviously I'm, I'm not saying there's a magic pill for, for absence, for illness, um, but hopefully for mental health related um, absence, absences, you should see some kind of an improvement. You should see some levels of um, improvement in, in productivity, in motivation, in staff, Hopefully people, you know, if you're back in the office, people are walking around with a smile on their face. So, mm. you know, there are measures that hopefully you can see um, are actually brought to life. And, and really, it's bringing all that into uh, into the space. Just out of interest, from from your understanding, uh, I suppose you said it's available. It, sorry, so I shouldn't say your understanding because you said it's widely available um, data. But that 61%, do you, do you sense it's getting better or worse as we move away from the last couple of years? So as as a founder, um, you know, I'm part of various kind of Slack groups. And yeah. what I've seen is, um, you know, mental health is a massive topic. And, um, you know, regardless of what size your, your organization is, whether you're kind of enterprise, you know, corporate, small SME, um, startup, um, mental health is, is a massive topic. And, you know, what I'm reading into is, um, you know, people are still leaving off the back of the, off the back of the mental health. I think a lot of the programs are, are actually not working. I think at a startup level, you have almost the advantage that, look, you're almost sat next to the person. So there's no excuse for you not to grab a coffee, not to have a discussion around, you know, how are you feeling um, today? I think as you grow... Um, you get more kind of separated from from the grassroots, and I think that's where it becomes even more critical. So, I would argue, based upon uh, you know a small sample size, um, that percentage isn't necessarily improving. And I think you know this is where we really the litmus test, litmus test is really going to be, you know, can Spark actually do something about it? And we can, you know, because we're a data led. Um, SaaS product, um, you know, we can tangibly measure things like that. So we can actually reach out to, to HR and say, look, you know, over the last month, how many people have actually left the organization? And, you know, we, we can, we're more than happy to work with organizations to, to plot almost, um, you know, the trajectory of people, uh, you know, coming and going so that we can see and, and hopefully use that as a, as a benchmark for, for Spark to say, look, we've got this case study where we've worked with this organization. They had a turnaround of staff of, you know, X percent and they've used it for 12 months and we've seen that come down and we can actually demonstrate that, you know, through these line graphs. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what we'd love to do. But at the moment, I feel that, um, yeah, the problem isn't necessarily improving. So just changing tack to a bit of advice to finish on. 
Um, obviously, you, you've gone through this experience having had um, a, a good degree of experience before becoming a founder. And actually, someone who, who comes to, to founding a business later in their career is slightly rarer, I think. Um, yeah. Agreed. I'm a maybe, <laughs> no, no, but uh, you know, maybe there are more responsibilities, and therefore it feels like more of a leap for someone. So, what would you say to someone in a similar position? Maybe, maybe they're a little bit more advanced in their career than the typical uh, uh, stereotyped founder, kind of the image of a founder that we have. What what pitfalls might they avoid, or or if you want to look on the positive side, what why would you say that they should go for it? Uh, it's probably more the the, the, the latter um, that I'll probably address. So <clears throat> I think if there's something that you are um, truly passionate about, and by passionate I mean you've got some um, self-experience of that, <clears throat> and um, you know other people who are in a similar situation, and you genuinely um, you know want to to kind of make an improvement in that area. So you're passionate about it. Um, those values are instilled within you. Um, then absolutely, um, what I would say is, you know, do you have the skill set to, um, you know, make yourself um, differentiate yourself from what's currently in the in the market? So, you know, for Spark, for example, there's a lot of fantastic clinical um, medical professionals who have created um, mental health applications, which are fantastic. Um, however, you know, it, it's going back to, um, you know, the ordinary person who is stigmatized, who, who you know, doesn't feel natural or, or that it's normalized to speak about mental health. They, you know, they will not even touch, they will not come near to anything until they've hit crisis point, unfortunately. And, you know, it's it's making that kind of accessible and available, which, uh, you know, Spark's trying to do. But coming back to my point, you know, in terms of your, your background, can you differentiate and disrupt the market that you are trying to address with the skill set that you've built? And then can you bring those two together to, to kind of create a unique product? So if you feel that you can do that, and honestly, you've got to do a lot of research, you have to look at a lot of um, the competitor kind of landscape, and you have to almost take yourself out of that, that comfort zone and outside the, the kind of tunnel vision that look, this is my baby, there's nothing else like it. You have to be really, really um, critical of yourself and of what you're trying to build. And, you know, I've gone through over the last um, almost 12 months, I've gone through a journey where I've, and this is no joke, about a dozen times I've ripped up the concept, chucked it in the bin and, and restarted again. And then I've, and I've only just got to the last kind of, um, stage now where I think this is a this is a winner and that's with speaking to end potential end um, buyers of this product uh, organizations who have said look this is fantastic when can we get a hold of this so it's only then that I think you know you, you should be um, in a position to then say look we can commit to this and the luxury is you can still get on with your day job whilst you do the research it's only once you feel you're in a position where right I've nailed it now I'm going to go for it um, that's where I'd say right do it <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you i think there's a huge amount of insight there for someone to work to unpack obviously what you're doing with spark is fascinating and uh important at the moment so i hope that continues to go well um thank you for thank, your time thank you david and i'll just quickly plug it sparkyourhealth.co.uk <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes awesome cheers david absolute pleasure